Sorry. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> My turn. Hi. Oh man, that was <clears throat> no, rough too. I can't even do it. We're rough. Hi. Having a rough night. Rough COVID to go. Sorry, we're late. It's my fault. Um, yep. I got news, Squeezer. I got oh. news. We saw Mission Impossible Seven tonight. Dead Reckoning oh. Part One. Why couldn't Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie do the Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> Uh, how long was it? It's longer than Indiana Jones. Jeez. But it, I didn't look at my watch once, and there was a lot of chase scenes, but they were all great. Okay. And they were all well-constructed, and they told they pushed the narrative along. And fu- I, like, I hate to agree with critics, but fuck, is this a good movie. Well, you can agree with them if they're right. They, in this case, they are right. Oh, good. God damn, is this a good movie and a fun movie? And, and I'm, I, but I mean, I thought the the blockbuster was dead. Well, I mean, who knows what this will make? It tonight was its opening night, so uh, who knows? They expect a small fortune. I would hope so, because it's got a ninety six to- tomato meter and a ninety four audience score. Wow, those rarely line up. They do rarely line up, and. Damn, is it good. Wow. Awesome. Like, I mean, I, it, like going back to what you said last week, they've been doing a good job of marketing it. Well, like, the, what, they, it. what they did to the people like me who weren't going to go see this is they released a they released a clip of, of, of a, um, a a stunt done by Tom Cruise himself. Did you see this clip? The motorcycle one or the airplane one? The motorcycle one. Yes. Oh, yeah. I get sweaty palms. Just they—they they showed the undoctored one of him going up the ramp and jumping himself. They showed mm-hmm. the final, and like it's him, and he did it six times. It's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, who produced this movie, owns the rights. So I'm pretty sure I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. Does Tom Cruise own the mission? I'm pretty sure he bought the rights. Um, yes, Skydance. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he, he bought the rights to the movies after the first three. Let's be clear. Belongs to Paramount. However, hang on. There's one of those things where someone can just write an answer. Tom Cruise does control... Oh, there's a lot of words, people. Yes or no? Tom Cruise bought the film rights to a TV series, so a film with the title Mission Impossible would need to go through him. All right. He's a principal actor. I know that. Well, yeah, so let's just say he makes bank on it. Well, it's it's his project. Yes. And he's very invested. So he's the on the show, he's the boss. So like the, the studio can't say no, you can't do the the 
stunts because he's underwriting himself. Like the studio's underwriting yeah. him. He's the boss. Um, so he can do whatever stunt he likes. And you can tell. Like like on um, Indiana Jones, it's like, where did they spend $300 million? This movie, you see every penny. You see it on the fucking screen. Now, the first movie was 1996. That was Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Great movie. Great movie. Second one, John Woo did it. And that was uh, 2000. And that was the last one I saw. I didn't see three. That was done by J.J., um, I didn't see four, which was done by Brad Bird. But which is I, the one where they whack him in the balls over and over again? Oh, I have no idea. I, I saw that might be the third one. I'm guessing that's JJ because that's what he did to us with Lost. <laughs> was that a bit? No, it just popped in there. It just came out. It was good. Um, nice. I I saw Mission Impossible Fallout with Enchantress. Um, I remember you were like blown away like not expecting it to be as good as it was right yeah i was not uh i was not ready for it to be that good and well he met chris it was chris mcquery's it's really the the love romance between christopher mcquery and um uh tom cruise so i think started on valkyrie Okay, yeah, I saw two because two is the one where he's climbing the the cliff. In the yes. Yeah. So they did Jack uh, Jack Reacher together, and then Edge of Tomorrow, and um, like that. That's where the love affair with with Chris McQuarrie started. So then he had he had uh, Tom Cruise had him do Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, and then he had him do Fallout, which was the last one I saw. And then he had him uh, write and produce Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And now he's writing, producing, and directing uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. And they do a little intro in the beginning. And um, yeah, I guess. Oh, uh, so I guess he did. A, he had him do a, a rewrite of Ghost Particles. Yes, yeah, so they met on Valkyrie. And then it was all love for the two hour team now. Uh, they consider two to be the worst out of all of them. Two was not good. That's what yeah, shook two, me. Two, then three, then what? Ghost Protocol, and then Rogue Nation. Wow, they actually say uh, a Fallout is actually the best out of all of them. Fallout was great. Yeah, we saw in the drive-in. But God, I'll tell you what, Squeezer, Dead Reckoning Part One was. I like. I didn't know. Like, I, I mean, I I know Ving Rams, Simon Pegg, and Tom Cruise are in these movies. Yes. And that's all you need to know. And they're the same team, and they are freaking awesome. And this is a freaking awesome movie. Holy shit! Oh, all right. Uh, Even the chase scenes are are well thought out. Chase, okay. No, but they're they're done in a way where you're like, that's fucking clever. Okay. Like it's 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 really good storytelling. And it, he's not like he's he's yes he is somewhat invincible in an un- inhuman way, but there's sure. there's still like like he's still fallible, and they're like, and it 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 gives you hope at the end, like like oh I like it's not like at the end it's not it's not a um uh Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back, Back ending. It's a it's like oh shit. Shit could go wrong again, but right now shit's in the right in the right order. And but it like it sets up the part two well, 
or oh yeah it does okay so like it is one whole story just divided into two movies yep okay cool yep and um did did they shoot them at the same time i don't know i mean i'm sure i could find out right here on on wikipedia Uh, uh, maybe Although I'm sure for as long as it is and the set pieces that they have, it probably wouldn't be out yet if they were doing that, for all you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll go oh, yeah. See. They're shot back to back. Yep. Okay. Yep. And um, this actually started filming in February 2020, but it was halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, that's right. I remember because they were pictured him on set. Like freaking out, like, listen, we have to maintain protocols because we have the same reason I did. It wasn't any political aspects whatsoever. It's like, these are the rules, and to continue working, we have to follow them, so fucking follow them. Do you not want to get paid? Right. Um, Like, I'm pretty sure they rented a boat, too, like a boat for everyone to sleep on. I I, I don't know. I heard that story. I don't. I, I'm not reading it here. Yeah, I know they went above and beyond to keep things rolling. Yeah, Norway, United Kingdom, and UAE. Oh, and here's why it's so good. It's the first film in the series not to involve J.J. Abrams in any capacity. Aw, be nice. He's fucking awful. Just. It's time to run him out of fucking Hollywood. I think everyone in Hollywood's fucking done with JJ and bad a-, a bad robot. Come on, dude. What has he done good? Well, I was just gonna say the latest. He's done. He he he's got that like whole. It's like the whole Shyamalan M Night Shyamalan shtick. Like they 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 treaded through Hollywood on the the. I I got everyone coming to my movies because of the what's it like. The what's it gonna be like? I'm coming just to see it, but like, yeah, you get great first weekends and maybe a little second weekend, but eventually when everyone sees it and there's like, oh, okay, they're like done with it. Uh, I mean, there's a filmography. Let's see. Uh, I I didn't watch. Did I watch In the Darkness? Star Trek? Uh, I think I did. I didn't. I didn't really care. I like I like this two thousand I like this Star Trek reboot. Yeah, I saw in the theater and I was like, okay, that was good. I liked it. Uh, Super Eight was okay. I get you're trying to be Steven Spielberg, but you're not. Yeah, clearly. I didn't see uh, Into the Darkness. Force Awakens, I I like, but then with uh, as the movies as a whole, I hate them all now, and I don't want to watch yeah, any of them. Yeah, I like as people are like. Well, it's just a fan film. Yeah, that's why I liked Force Awakens. Just it's like, oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, I like Star Wars. Yeah, right. So show me a bunch of X-Wings uh, flying over the water, shooting up TIE fighters and shit. Yeah. I'm all good. I kind of tune out after that. The last, like, sequence, like, uh, I'm like, I'll, I'll go back and watch New Hope right before I watch Force Awakens. It's the same movie. Yeah, but I'll, I'll watch Force Awakens before I watch Rise of Skywalker. Except I, I, I don't watch wanna... it for, like, the seven <sighs> seconds with Wedge. I don't want to watch them at all, any of them anymore. I don't know. No, uh, actually, after you get over the the fan service they do, it's like what story are you trying to fucking tell here? Yeah, I um why is the emperor back? Yeah. Why I, is Sidious I, gone? Like wh- even with all the new ones I have gone gone back and if I feel nah, like it you're right. Time, you and I had a big fight over uh the middle one, the Ryan Johnson one. It, it my biggest problem with it is it wasn't 
you didn't it wasn't about a Star Wars movie and I you don't you don't take Star Wars and make put it your own spin on it. You just make a goddamn Star Wars movie. But what, your job. where's it's no, not about but, me. It's about me. But but who who's to say that? The only person who's like like George who's, Lucas. Well no, George Lucas when he made a Star Wars movie, they sucked. When he let other people put their spin on them, they were good. Huh. Yeah. Like Empire and 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 uh, Return of the Jedi are are good, better movies, arguably than any of the other five he did. New Hope is really good. I love New Hope, and New Hope's my favorite. But it doesn't mean that Empire and and Return of the Jedi aren't better movies. Well, to be fair, other people like. You know, Dave Filoni put his spin on it, and everyone put theirs. Like Clone Wars is Happy far Red Wednesday. superior to what's that? Uh, Chasing Plastics said oh, Happy Red oh, Wednesday. Hey. I was just Same at Rich. Cool. Uh, I, I don't know. Cloverfield Lane was I was so excited for, and I saw in the theater. I, well, I'm sorry, Cloverfield. I was so excited for, and I saw in the theater. I was like, mm. Mm. This was a real letdown. And it was in Lost and fucking... What was that other show? Uh, uh, Fringe. Alias was okay, but it wasn't anything great. I didn't watch Felicity, but... Well, I just think... Uh, I think he's in Hollywood. I think he's in Hollywood jail right now. Anyway, well, I think the whole Hollywood's in Hollywood jail right now. Yeah. Well, they're kind of putting themselves in. They're like, "Oh, we got nothing to do. Let's go on strike." Yeah, pay the fucking writers for fuck's sake. Because yeah. uh, you know what, the writers are striking because they don't get paid shit, Sean. But the actors, come on, man. Like, all you're doing is putting people, the Teamsters, out of fucking work. Get your shit together. All those guys. Make a fucking contract and get back to work. Because there's a lot of people who depend on your fucking work that aren't fucking like debating whether they're making 40 million or fucking 35 million. But to be fair, there's a lot of actors that don't make that money. Yeah. Well, they should find another job. Well, they should have struck earlier. They, they should have, you know. No, the DJA started. should have struck, and then this whole thing would be over because they can't do fucking anything without the Directors yeah. Guild. Well, but I was just reading with if the uh, if SAG goes on strike, it's all all their precious appearances, all their precious marketing uh, goes down the drain, and all these finished products that they could be putting out, they're not going to be able to market with their big stars. Who they? How are they marketing anyway? They didn't do any marketing for Indiana Jones or The Flash. Oh, no. Well, they they probably just assumed that they were going to go on strikes. Well, The Flash was obvious. Well, The Flash, yeah, um, you couldn't do anything with him. No. But Indiana Jones, they didn't do fucking shit. Yeah, Barbie. Barbie has more marketing than fucking anything. Barbie's got ice cream. Barbie's got cereal in different countries. Donuts. Fucking. Uh, she is everywhere. And Barbie is everything. Like, more people are talking about Barbie than Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. What world are we living in? It's great. Good for Barbie. Yeah. I mean, she deserves it. She did, They did their job with Barbie. Apparently, Christopher Nolan. And it didn't even dawn on me. I was like, oh, man, Oppenheimer and Barbie going out on the same day. I was like, what studio planned that? Oh, the same studio. They're, it's, but they're both out by Warner Brothers. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Nolan's pissed. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're releasing me with your arguably biggest picture of the year. Your tent, your summer tent pole is coming out mm-hmm. with me. They they could have put Barbie against the Flash. They could have put Barbie against Indiana Jones. But I guess at the time they didn't fucking know that. Um. Yeah. Or just giving him a, a little pad. Uh, but I'm not some big fancy executive with suspenders. Yeah, no, I it ain't be. some big city anymore. Oh, I can't get Kalani situated here. I just saw text that I did not see until now. Ah, uh, not. Uh, let's see, what's his fucking number? Five three three. Don't read it. <laughs> I I stopped. You know what? No, throw it out there, everyone. <laughs> My Sunday. You are a sweet boy, so I can go see the dirty heads. Oh, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> per, uh, via you, of course. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's Enchantress's birthday on Friday. Ah. Happy we're, birthday. We're going to um, the Phillies. We got Diamond Club tickets or whatever the fuck it's called now. The HPR Rankin fucking rooftop bullshit <laughs> club. That's a, the, the, the roofing company that... How, how much money do you get as a roofing company? I I, I'm sure there's mafia involvement. That's a good point. A yeah. South Philly roofing company all of a sudden has yeah, enough money sudden, to fucking... Like everywhere. It's, it's, it's everywhere, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't put a roof on it yet. Or old CP Rankin's dad died and left him all this money, so all of a sudden he's just like, I'm going to fucking buy the Diamond Club. All, all the employees are like, yay, he's going to reinvest in a company. And like, oh, no, he na- he na- renamed the Diamond Club. It's at a bank park. We have enough money to buy it for a year, but that's going to be the greatest fucking year ever. <laughs> I was thinking that, too, when we were down there. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's going to be next year. Notice there's just like little stickers that they could easily pull off. It'll, go, it'll be the Diamond Club next year, Squeezer. Yeah, it's going to be the Rad Years. Uh... Yeah, we'll make it, it will, I only have enough money to make it that for two innings, so. Those are going to be the two best innings of our lives. Yeah, every, anyone who wants the Radiers meetup is going to be the fifth and sixth inning of a Phillies game next year in the <laughs> we, Diamond, I mean the Radiers the, club. You actually get to see them peel it off during the seventh inning stretch and ask us to politely leave. First politely and then demand we get out and before then, they yeah. open fire. <sighs> That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, we're, so we're going to the Diamond Club to see to get at the 105 game to get the Bryce Harper National League Championship replica ring. Nice. And, and uh, the topper guided the National League to their first win since 2012 last night, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Nick Castellanos um, drew a walk, which led to a two-run homer from the catcher Diaz from the... Colorado Rockies. And then Craig Kimbrell Kimbrel closed it down. Topper put in his closer to shut it down for the National League. The whole National League. Fucking monster. I love seeing Dusty Wathen out there, man. Man mm. co- coaching third base for the fucking 
All Star Game. I'm 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 the home. Did you watch the home run derby? Yeah, uh, the first round uh, I uh, fell asleep. The problem is it's like commercials. It gives me a time to close my eyes, and then <laughs> we watched all thing, and it was fucking awesome. It was great. I love the home run derby. I'm so excited for 2026 when it comes back to Philly. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I want it back. The, the, my only problem with it is, and I think was it the problem last year too i had with it you gotta have it at night well yeah well it's on the west coast they have no choice i know that well no tell make our asses stay up yeah it'll, it'll, when it's in philly it'll be at night it's it's gotta be it's gotta you gotta do it on the east coast yeah you gotta do it at night it's so much better it's easier to see the ball it's easier to see the ball. It just gives it, and the lights, you know, it gives it a little more like pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Also, I, I signed up for access to tickets. I think, I think we should all go to WrestleMania 40. Oh, fuck that. It's going to be cold. And it's probably going to snow. But yeah, I'll go. All right. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm going to get four tickets and the four of us are going to go because... When the fuck else is WrestleMania going to come to a football stadium in Philadelphia in our home? You just need an excuse to snuggle me and stay warm. Yeah, oh, we'll do four people hugs. You missed it at the World Series. You weren't there. We were doing it every yeah, home yeah, run. Thank- oh, f- I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I was fulfilling my dad duties, you know, trick or treat and all. I mean, I was I was thinking, I'm like, and I said something to Enchantress. She's like, yeah. She, she was like, wait, no, I don't want to go with you. You go with your friends. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, the the, the boys, we got to go, right? WrestleMania in Philadelphia. It's not something we can miss. No. And I know it's a, I think the Phantom schedule came out, right? Uh, I don't even, sounds like a Barry job. Sounds like a <laughs> Nick one camera job. <laughs> uh, it would be uh, April sixth yeah. and April seventh. So or at least it's a little later. Yeah, there's only like five fucking games in April for fuck's sake. I, mean, I could be freezing my ass off doing uh, baseball at that time. Anyway, why not freeze my ass off sitting at WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, they play the fifth and the sixth. Oh, well. Whoops. Uh, you know what? You just uh, say, oh, I didn't know. Well, didn't the realize. yeah, that's a Nick single camera job. Oh, nice. I'll handle it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's the Hobby Horse Championships, you know? <laughs> the uh, what? That's, that's a production. That's a oh you never <laughs> you haven't been following the hobby horse championships of 2023. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Look up, it's the greatest thing on the planet. I'm so happy it exists, and it gives me a little bit of hope for humanity. The look up the Finnish hobby horse championships. It is the sweetest, and most adorable thing on the planet. <laughs> and it might be the only thing that saves us. Are they riding like stick ponies? Yeah. And they're doing jumps? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. There's different events. There's like dressage and 
uh, I, I would formats. I would cover this over <laughs> HL <you> hockey. <laughs> uh, no, if, listen. If anyone from the Phantoms is listening, <laughs> they're not. I'm obligated by my job, and I'm glad there's there's uh, job security that the team exists. But I don't like being there, <laughs> and I don't oh, like your see, schedule. And I think I, you schedule I, I, I it like, like jerks. Schedule. Yeah, I, I I like hockey. I hope you guys I don't. Uh, do well. I, I like hockey. I hope they lose. I hope they lose every game on the road and win every game at home. Because I'm selfish. That's that helps me. Yeah, it does help you. Yes. I don't make the playoffs because that no one cares if you win an AHL championship. That's like winning the Hobby Horse Championship. That is hey, worthless. Hey, 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 that no is- one cares. So don't even fucking make oh. us f- pl- cover hockey till June because you, are in you so much trouble. By who? Who? From who? Um, well, yeah, she's not. Li- she don't listen. She, she will now. Oh. Then no one from the fans listens. They don't even watch our broadcast. We could say this on the pre-show and not get any flag for it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I like it, though, because I can turn around and watch, rather than watch our own show, I can watch Kong Island. Or uh, the Hobby Horse Championship. Or the Hobby Horse Championships. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It might be in our building sometime. It's Kong Skull Island Squeezer, please. Show some respect. Uh, sorry. I was... I was watching with one eye while I was trying to do my job with the other. Hmm. Don't want to let you down, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so the reason I was late, yes, we saw Mission Impossible. I, I highly suggest seeing it. It's so much fun. But we came home and we watched Platonic. Because le- did you notice I left early today? I had to get home to see uh, it. Eventually. Yeah. We're like, I'm like, where'd he go? I'm like, I don't know. I split out because our Smart. movie was at six. Oh, smart move. Um, and then... Uh, and you are just the king of Irish goodbyes. What am I going to do? Kiss all you guys? <laughs> Say goodbye? Yeah, I would. It'd be nice. Uh, so then um, we saw... So we got we got out of the movie and then we had some time for the show. So we watched uh, Platonic and it was the last episode of the season. Great show on Apple TV. Seth Rogen. Really good. Uh... Oh, ending was okay. It was kind of like, eh, we're ending. <laughs> and all right, it wasn't as funny as the rest of the episodes, but it was over. And then like we're watching Hijack on Apple TV and it's really good. So we're like, she's like, let's just start that. And we had to finish it. And I, I completely lost track of fucking what time it was. It's Idris Elba. Uh, it's so fucking good, Squeezer. There's, Apple TV is killing it with the original programming. I don't, I don't have that fancy thing. I would pay for it just for our Ted Lasso alone. But then there's all these other shows that are popping up and movies that are like mm, worth it. Hmm. Idris Elba on a hijack plane. Come on. That sells itself. That's that's uh, that's pretty cool. It's an elevator pitch. Uh, but Ted Lasso's reason the three seasons of Ted Lasso are reason enough to have Apple TV because it's, it's fucking gold. I mean, I, I, mean, I got the, the the week long thing just so I can watch the uh, dinosaur show. Ah, uh, but now there's a new one, so I gotta yeah, you gotta get on there. Uh, speaking of television, uh, we're barreling down on our Emmy nominations because uh, the prime time comes well, prime time's out. So our mm-hmm. our Emmy nominations are going to come out. We entered a few things. Ooh. 
Uh, of course, the Emmy, our Emmys are being held in uh, opening weekend of Hawaii. God damn it. So they're going to have to mail us our fucking statues if we win. But Sounds like a Nick thing. Yeah. We can't tell them, like, opening weekend and, like, last month are all done by Nick. Well, we can, I guess. Yeah, we can. Why? Well, because we have to accept our Emmy Award for a poker show. And uh, <laughs> we got to uh, watch WrestleMania. Dude, poker show in the mall. It's going to be epic. Uh, we could be the sole company pr- pr- reproducing what a mall has looked like in our town from the se- late 70s to 2023. Because we now have the mall's co- cooperation in this show, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're going to do a fucking concert in the mall. It's going to be just like fucking mall rats. Oh, shit. It is just like mall rats. Yeah. What's that stage for? Yeah, we can do a dating show while we're there. Yeah, truth or date. You're going to be get lost. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to get lost in the uh, magic eye. You're going to be Willem? Yeah. I packed a lunch and a soda. I'm going to see it. Might be that big by then, too. Who knows? Little squeeze that's gonna come up and be like, Oh, it's a it's sailboat. A, it's a You're sailboat. Like, you dumb bastard. That's not a sailboat. Or that's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. It's a sailboat. <laughs> a schooner is a sailboat, dummy. Although, we're, I don't think we'll be doing it at Easter. It's gonna be more Oktoberfest. So it'll be uh, like the okay. Great Pumpkin or something. Or I'm sure Santa Sweet. Claus will be up by then. So, yeah. You could ruin her. How was uh, the beach? Oh, I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> we both were there together. I almost, I, I, I'm official old man status, fucked up my knee. I was uh, riding the waves, as mm-hmm. I do, and I can't- Surf was rough. Surf was rough. The The sea was angry that day, my friends. It, it was. I came down pretty hard on a wave. Oh, poor thing. Uh, yeah, but my it's, it's pretty much up. back to 100% now. Not 100, maybe I'd say 85 yeah. to 90. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't like sand. so <sighs> They're like Anakin. Just, I hate the yeah. sand. <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up just spending more money on uh, arcade games and rides. You know those, uh, the, the big claw game where you can get the big inflatable like uh, animal balls? Mm-hmm. We have a giraffe now. Oh, the Squishmallows? No, not the Squishmallow. It's actually the the round ones. It's it's the biggest uh, and the one bigger arcade, and they actually have like they're like big inflatable balls with like animal skins on them, oh. like stuffed animal around it. So it's a big giraffe bouncy ball. Was that one of the ones where you put the money in, you play it, you basically pay for the prize? No, it's not. A, that one's not a, a pay to win. But we realized she wanted to do it, and like I gave her a chance. And then I noticed, I'm like, oh, we're getting somewhere with this. Fuck. So I invested. It was only like three. It was like three plays and we got it. So oh, nice. And she was smart about it, too. Like she was like, I want. She's like, I want the koala. But I know I'm not going to be able to get it because it's buried. But I can get that giraffe. I'm like, honey, you're seven years old and you learned how to settle. I am so proud of you. <laughs> I, I realized I, I didn't realize I was 41. I turned 41 on Sunday. I, it took me until 41 to realize you could game those machines. There is a way to beat them. Uh, so she wanted uh, Enchantress Loves Dumbo. And there was a machine with Dumbos made by mm-hmm. Ty, like the Beanie Babies. 
I kept going for the one to the right, thinking eventually I'm going to hit the jackpot because it's going to decide to clamp onto it. Yeah. Wasn't happening, wasn't happening. I probably put like 10 bucks into this thing, maybe probably fucking 40, but I don't know. It's on a card. You, you know, you don't know how much money you're spending. Yeah. The next day we walk in and someone's cuddling one of those Dumbos and I'm like, it got our fucking Dumbo, it got our jackpot. So I start playing again. And I'm like, you know what? This one by the edge, if I get it up, I could probably knock it off mm-hmm. and win this. Because the, all the animals in the machine are the same. It doesn't matter which one I go for. Go for the one by the edge. So I pull it up and I kind of like try to get it so that when it dropped, its head was on the edge. So that when I pull it up again, it would flip it over into the bin. And it worked. And I won her the Dumbo. Yeah, that's how I got the, the giraffe. Mm. Pretty much just knocked it in there. Yeah, and that they hate that. Nice. Yeah, but hey, but yeah, they also have fortune. They have the uh, the pay to win ones. It's like five bucks for a. Yeah, we have a. Uh, we have a. Uh, we have two seagulls with French fries in their mouths. Oh, nice! <laughs> because we did a play to play to win one, and then we won one on whack a mole, and then I won a octopus with darts and balloons. Listen, you give me darts and balloons, mm-hmm. I'll win you any animal on the fucking boardwalk. Oh, she wanted to play it so bad. Like, honey, it's rigged. It's not. The darts and balloons. Yeah. Oh, I'm a. I I I was thinking like three darts. You have three balloons. You get choice. I was like one, two, three. <laughs> like really? I'm like yeah. Give. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna hand my seven year old darts. You should have done it for like a champion. No. I Did you play whack a mole? Uh, no, we didn't play. We didn't play anything outside along the boardwalk it was just because it was just stuff like in the arcades so a lot of claw games uh we played uh uh uh, beer pong uh that was fun Hmm. (laughs) teaching her how to play beer pong because they actually have like it's set up like a skee ball yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah so playing head to head with my my kid with beer pong she's like this is a fun game like yeah yeah this is uncomfortable shouldn't be doing this uh, people wondering. We were at the same beach. Just the day I left, you arrived, so we didn't. Get you a- you left the beach this, to come home the same time I left my home to go to the beach. Yes. So at some point we crossed paths. Most likely, much closer to my house. Which way? Let's um, talk routes. Routes on the rat ears is what people tune in for. Uh, four seventy six to two seventy six to ninety five to thirty five. Ah, uh, see, that's the way it took us to get there, and and usually. It takes a 78 to 282, what's 237, 287 there? It, so it gave me that option, and it was because with the, the ways, and it was like a minute shorter. But I'm like, I'm not going to drive out to New York and then down when I know if I just go turnpike, it's fucking straight shot. So the way it took us back, though, was through uh, Trenton, and it was really, we didn't cross any bridges. We went under ton- that tunnel there, and we saw hmm. the... Now I want to know the bridge says, uh, like, w- what Trenton makes, the world takes. What is Trenton making, and what are we taking? I don't know. I gotta. I think you're a little high on yourself, does, New Jersey. Does Trenton? They don't. I don't think they make anything. They're just like a big harbor. Isn't it the capital? Is Trenton the capital, of New Jersey? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, Trenton did one thing. It is like, you Trenton, know. New Jersey. Trenton's basically it's, it's, Philadelphia, too. Like, what are they so proud of? 
it is symbolic of the goods produced by Trenton factories, which are distributed around the world. We make shit here too. Get over yourselves. Yeah, big bridge. We make shit here and we store it. What Trenton takes, what Trenton makes, the world buys. You assholes. They don't take they don't, it. They don't take it. Yeah. Sorry if anyone lives in Trenton that listens to this and we're shitting no, on fuck you. them. No. They oh, there's the lower Trenton Bridge. We rode right past it. Trenton, Trenton makes bridge. Trenton makes, the world takes. So right, we went under a tunnel. Some may say Trenton or New Jersey overall has a lot to offer tourists. They believe the meaning behind the phrase Trenton makes, the world takes has to do with the beautiful things for tourists to take back home with them. According to many other residents of the state of New Jersey, this belief is incorrect. <laughs> I like this article. <laughs> it's like passive aggressively shitting on Jersey. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Although we spent our whole Jersey. weekend in New Jersey, we're in like, New Jersey, "Fuck yeah. you, Jersey." We're we're thirty minutes from New Jersey, and we're like, "Fuck you." Yeah, it's really like it when. No, you can't. It's one of the. It's weird. It was the first you time. Can't tell the. I ever saw, by the way, the Trenton Thunder Stadium, the Trent Arm and Hammer Stadium. Oh, oh yeah, cool. which is I think unaffiliated now, but I never saw it before. We drove right past oh, yeah. it, so it was a night, nice, and we got back in record time. And my sister and her uh, husband left in the morning. They were like, they were gonna get breakfast with Enchanter. I don't eat breakfast, and they're leaving. They're like, away says it's ninety minutes to get home, and it's never ninety minutes for us to get anywhere, so we're <laughs> leaving. They live in Long Beach, New York, and like it's literally like. They got home quicker than we did, so they were very excited about that because it's shorter distance to Long yeah, Beach. Yeah, it's it's a northern beach. If you, it's it's, it's, it's like, more of a New York. Beach it's where they sh- they did shoot the Jersey Shore. There, they shot it, the sh- the shore they mainly shot at was about twenty minutes from there, but they did shoot scenes at uh, Point Pleasant. There's yeah, actually a show like, called Point Pleasant that was on Fox. I didn't notice the day you were down there. The day we left, it was rated the number one um, classic boardwalk in the country. Really? Yeah. Not Wildwood. Nope. Wildwood's got a much bigger boardwalk. I don't. I don't. I don't it's not about bigger. It's the. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty draconian now down there too, with the way they close the fucking gates at seven and. Oh my god! Yeah, they are. Oh, watching them too. Like, uh, they have a cooler rule where you can't take a cooler larger. Than oh yeah, they have. It's like a. Many. It's like a carry-on thing. Yeah, and then the, the genius of it is they have like those little like Wegman style, like grocery store style, like cooler bags that you just use like to get your frozen shit home, mm-hmm. and you can buy them from them. At like the the check in station at the beach, and then dump all your cooler stuff in there, and then either take the cooler back to your car or like I saw one guy do that didn't feel like walking all the way back to his car, just leave it next to a dumpster and said fuck it. <laughs> and there there might be people going, wait, what do you mean closing the beach and the check in station and the? It yeah, it's funny. I was listening. To, it's it's like, when fascism happens at the seashore. Yes, that's. It, it it literally is there is a metal gate and that never was a thing before that had to happen in the last few years last few they had it last year yeah that and and sure. pre covid that was not a thing yeah they had used to have i remember going as a kid now we didn't go to point pleasant we went to like wildwood and stuff but you would have like a beach tag it was like a pin on your bag 
and someone will like come around and like check you. Yeah, we went to Delaware beaches and there was no uh, fees. Yeah, to get in the well, beach. Same, yeah, where we do that, or like you go down to Florida and you just you know walk to the beach because it's the ocean, it's free. Mm-hmm. Not, <laughs> not New Jersey. Not New Jersey. But also Atlantic City, you don't have to pay to be on the beach, and that's what I'm. I'm going to come out. Squeezer, imagine me on my soapbox right now. Okay, I see you. Fuck Point Pleasant. Fuck the rest of the Jersey Shore, aside from Atlantic City. We officially will never be going back. And listen, we had a good time, and I love Frankie's, and I'll drive to Point Pleasant just to go to Frankie's and drive home. Sure. But I, I am so fucking fed up with their bullshit and their $15 to get on and their fucking rules and their stupid fucking bullshit. Atlantic City is like fucking no rules. Go on the beach. Yeah. Take whatever you want. Drink on the... Fu- like There's a bar on the boardwalk, pal. Like Not like a bar on the boardwalk. There is a... And a, God forbid you step across that threshold. No, there is a bar... Like a bar set up on the boardwalk so mm-hmm. you can have a drink to take to the beach. There are bars on the beach in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Fuck the rest of them. Fuck them. And, and like Jer- Ocean City, New Jersey, it's dry. What are you? Mormons? That is, that's really lame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Mormons. Like, what are you? Assholes? There you go. Yeah. I'm not trying. They're, Mormons they're, they're, they're very nice people. Yeah. But but a dry beach town, like go fuck yourself, New Jersey. Yeah, makes no sense. I'm really hope like one good earthquake, and then Easton becomes like you know mostly sand and a, a short town, yeah, front, a short town. Or Jersey and then, floats like, we're away. In the prime position, like, you're just far enough back, you know, to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> I have fun of these. Although I don't yeah. think we'll be going back. I think we had enough of our Point Pleasant. Yeah, they they hate the beach. They like the ocean. They like the boardwalk. They like the games. They hate the sand. So, They're like an- uh, little Anakins. I hate yeah, the sand. I think we should start talking about our topics. I think so. Oh, there is one more thing I want. Oh, to okay. Let's go for it. Uh, and I, I uh, are you going to get a ticket to uh, Thailand? To go and try the real cheeseburger. Oh, the Burger King one. Yes. Yeah, that is right up my alley. Fuck yeah. <laughs> was it like forty-two slices of cheese? Yeah, uh, it's it's twenty. Twenty. Twenty slices. Uh, I, I saw just, some. I wanna... Some looked like they were melted, and some looked like they were just. It makes no sense. I love like, it. And then I saw the actual picture of it. like you know there's the promotional. Picture, sure. What's the actual? How delicious is the actual picture? Like? The actual picture just looks like you just stacked like 20 slices of cold cheese on top of each other. Mm, Nothing's melted. Oh my God, um, I want it. Yeah, uh, the reviews are fantastic. Um, quote, it sucks. It is horrid. It isn't really shocking that it's bad. It's literally burger bun, 20 slices of cheese, and burger bun. There's no sauce. Hmm. Uh, it was revolting. It's as revolting as you thought it would be. Dry, a shock to the digestive system, and literally a thousand calories worth of unnecessary processed cheese. <laughs> 64 slices oh, of processed American cheese. That's the other thing. For something called a real cheeseburger, there's nothing real about any of the cheese here. Mmm, 63. 
62 and like the time jump. <laughs> yeah. 12. I'll have, that's me at night. I go down and pull up the Cooper cheese and I'm like, mm, 64 slices yeah. of processed American cheese. I kind of need to try it. Yeah, you're asking me. Like, that's up your alley too, man. Fucking... Yeah. But if it came out like cold like that, I would be pissed. I, I, I would like I would like cold in the middle, congealed. but melted on the top and bottom. So like the cold oh, like, in the middle like is like Pitts- the burger. You want your cheeseburger, your cheese pie, your cheese pile like Pittsburgh rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I want. I don't know what that is, but I want it Pittsburgh rare. Uh, it, it's where it's like completely cold and bloody on the inside, but charred to a crisp on the outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like you, you you throw a steak on a grill that's flaring up at 600 degrees for like 30 seconds aside and then serve it up. That's how my dad used to eat it. <laughs> uh, that, I'm, I'm going to put that in the top five along with the beer and cigarettes uh, and the lack of uh, fruits can, and vegetables as him. to why he's no longer with us. Pittsburgh rare, I never heard of that, but that makes yeah. sense. So if they asked me if I want a Pittsburgh rare ever, I'd just say no. Yeah. I would like no, I don't want beef, not. please. Unless no, you're making me a real cheeseburger, the real cheese whopper, whatever it is, yes. But <laughs> otherwise I don't want it. I would I would want to get this with mayo on it. <laughs> just to be extra disgusting. Oh yeah. Yeah, or ranch. Some ranch dressing. Mm. I'm looking at it. Man, it looks it looks like could you imagine the dump that follows that? No. You'd be like fucking clogged up for like 3 days. <laughs> there ain't no dump following that thing. No. Cheese and bread just sticking in your belly. Unless you're eating some fucking metamucil with that shit, you're uh you're going to be a little clogged up. I mean, it's clearly a stunt, right? Yeah. No one in their right mind thinks that this is going to be a good idea or anything. It's yeah, we're talking about it. They got so they got the rad ears to talk about it. They did their job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mission accomplished. You think they're all clapping now, saying mission accomplished? We boys. did it. We did it. We did. What I want to try is the limited edition Jack Link's smoking hot peach beef strips. Ooh. Yeah. It's um apparently. Peach and spicy flavored beef. I'm kidding. I'm not trying that. Well, Burger King really. Well, I'm glad they they can't have it. But if they ever come back with that uh, gourmet garlic burger, mm, this some gourmet shit. The garlic Whopper. Fuck that thing was delicious. Yeah, Burger Ooh, King is smoking hot peach. Mm. All right, uh, I guess wow. I, I, we're starting, and um, oh, what's 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 the name of this show? Summer songs, do I'm killing time because I never loaded your clips into the player. Oh, I sent them last night. I it even takes like that. three seconds. Okay. It was nice. I, I was just I was sitting on my deck, listening to music, falling down a rabbit hole, and just drinking uh, one too many beers. I gave you what nineteen songs, and you didn't take any of them. No, no. Here's here's my wild card situation. Wild I, I card have change. all nineteen songs on a playlist in front of me. 
I don't know which ones I'm going to go with. You're just going to pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I know what's the first one I'm going with, but I'm just going to, I'm going to feel it. 19 songs. We'll see which five I narrow it down to. But in the meantime, let's start with your first song. I should pot it up. Alcatraz is back. back. I loaded your clips from summer of 96. Oh. Because that's where I have our artwork stored. So whenever I update our artwork, it puts summer of 96. Oh, because the popsicle. uh, Gotcha. Well, no, just that 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 PSD has like sixty-five fucking shows of artwork on it, <laughs> in different layers. All right, here is your first pick. Oh, I break my heart. I love his daughter. <clears throat> oh yeah, she's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, who would have thought that uh, of all the Cyruses, uh, a time would come that Billy Ray wouldn't be the biggest one. Yeah, especially after this monster. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, the summer of 1992, so this came out in like the spring and the March. And you know how it didn't take long, and by that summer, it was like the thing to do. And it, like, it, it's funny how like, like fads and dancing fads kind of thing. Like, and then it morphs, and then it becomes a fashion thing. And all of a sudden, everyone was a cowgirl and a line dancer for like one summer. Every it was embarrassing. And, and everyone Every mom had mullets. Your aunt had to do it. Everyone had mullets too. Everyone had mullets. His is glorious. Glorious. Like uh, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, glorious. Uh, just like a a a hair beneath that glory. Okay, like just the the firmness of the top. Like it is mm. so like it's so well structured. Mm, yes. And and. Like it, it, it is truly a glorious mullet. <laughs> Speaking of uh, glorious, did you see my reel today on Instagram? <clears throat> did you uh, see what I I've come the the treasure? Oh I've, yes, yes. I've the, come the, to acquire. Yes. It might be my new prize. I'm just sitting across the room, staring at it. It's just <laughs> it's just sitting on my desk. And like when I bought it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And then I oh, I was like, oh fuck, the, this is the Pepsi bottle. I don't want to get to it. So I waited a few days to open it. I opened it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is glorious. I forgot how big this was. Like, this is <laughs> fucking glorious. What, Pepsi, what are you doing? Re release the fucking Big Slam and retro packaging. And, like, thank you're welcome. There's a million dollars, maybe two. 100 million. The Diabetes Association of America disagrees yeah, with you. Make a zero sugar version, please. <laughs> But goddamn, pal, that is a glorious fucking bottle. I'm just looking at it and and awe. I'm awestruck, Squeezer. It is. You didn't. Uh, you didn't open the top, the cap, did you? 
Well, it's been it's been open. There's there's like petrified Pepsi I know, I know in the bottom. But like, did you like open no, it and like I, sniff the mold? It's the mold it's and it's just inside? like our our smart smart archaeologists do. You know, without a without some breathing apparatus, you never know oh. when the plague existed. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it's a new form of COVID released from an ancient right. Pepsi bottle. I, I'm worried that if oxygen gets in there, it could deteriorate the insides. Uh, just like you know what I mean when you're doing a dig you have to pump it full of like if I open I'll have to pump it full of nitrogen because it's heavier than air I'll push all the oxygen yeah. out. What, what if all of a sudden you're just your face starts melting or that that could happen too that could yeah. happen too yeah. be, just close your eyes I have this glorious one liter Pepsi bottle on my shelf and and you know what I don't think many other people do because there's it's very hard to find it's garbage <laughs> it is gar it it was garbage it no longer it now it's one, a treasure what the world's garbage is one person's treasure <laughs> yeah but uh not everyone pays 35 dollars for garbage <laughs> uh at least i only no. paid 35 dollars for it but there's not a whole lot of Big Slam merch out there. I don't think the world appreciates the Big Slam the way I do. How many times have I talked about it in the show? Now, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted for $25 with 10 to 15 shipping. Someone has a, a full Big Slam for sale on eBay. Should I buy it right now? So you're saying the, bev- the one with the beverage inside actually would cost you more than the empty one you have? Or less? Less, yes, less than the empty. It's less than the empty. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and though it's about the same with shipping, it's about the same. I dare you to drink it. Oh God, no, no. I I wouldn't drink like if it was a big slam with regular Pepsi in it. Like now, I wouldn't drink yeah. it. Yeah, he has chosen poorly. He's chosen <laughs> poorly, <laughs> but it's hard to get uh, big slam merchandise and. Um, I got this big slam bottle and I feel like I should buy this big slam that's full because like what if someone else gets it then two people have a big slam and <clears throat> but if I get it then I will have the monopoly on all the big slam bottles. I'm just happy for you. He was borderline for a while. Then he crossed the border. <laughs> <laughs> I would admire being Pete Vinkman. I also bought this Quick Slam bottle that has a, a cellophane t shirt wrapped up in it. The Quick Slam was a 20 ounce bottle they were selling. They renamed it the Quick Slam after the success of the Big Slam. Now, for $1,300 squeezer, I could buy a vintage 90 Shaq Pepsi Big Slam t shirt. I mean, if you're going to, you know, that's for the museum, right? (laughs) Uh, Yes. This belongs in a museum. You're a curator. I am a curator. I like that. (laughs) I like that you're calling me a curator. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you were an A&E... you know, they call them hoarders. But, uh, yeah. I mean, this t-shirt is absolute fucking gorgeous. Let me show you. What size is it? X- XL. There you go. 
eventually, uh, once you open your Pepsi museum and you start, you know, using your own product, like they say not to, <laughs> uh, it'll fit. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I can't drink regular Pepsi. It's just ah, uh, you say that now. Hey, you can't do the H either, but see what happens. That's true. How many people who got addicted to heroin start off by saying, I, I, I can't wait to do heroin. Nope, nope. They just like their weed, and it's a gateway drug. So, you know how that goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gatewayed right into fucking handjobs. That job. is fucking epic. Handjobs in the parking lot. I know, right? Only $1,300, too. I know. Only $1,300. I'm really, like, letting myself down if I don't buy that. You don't. And I, I just want to see the reaction to the seller when they just someone actually clicks buy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, did you shop around? Is there a market for a Shaq Big Slam shirt? No, there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot out there. You need you need to go on Antique. You, uh, what you need to do is get it and then take it on Antiques Roadshow and find... <laughs> the, uh, this is a, worth 50 cents. A Pepsi Big Slam expert realizing that you are it. I am and the then, Pepsi Big Slam. And then you can appraise your own merchandise. Uh, listen, I'm, we're not saying this for all of you to go out there and buy the Pepsi Big Slam merchandise. After, oh, there's one for 500 here. Oh, there's one for 400 So the market's dropping right beneath our feet. I, oh, so I don't need you guys to go out and buy all this stuff on me. So I can't buy it myself. Just let it on so eBay so I could keep look at it every night and think about buying it. <laughs> Until he drunk buys it. <laughs> Until I drunk buy it. You got if you guys want to see me with this shit, you gotta wait let me wait till I get drunk enough to buy it on a whim. I'm gonna wait until about the sixth inning. Over this weekend, I'm just gonna text him like, "Wow, you know what? That shirt is pretty awesome." <laughs> and right there, in the diamond club. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> it's only thirteen hundred. Well, it's only four hundred. I, I get the four hundred dollar one. And... No, no, you can't get the four hundred dollar one. You gotta, because what are you gonna do? Tell him, "Oh, this is the four hundred dollar one." Oh well, I have. The well, you're right. I really, no. I really can't yeah. take that on Antique Roadshow. Yeah. And kind of, if I'm going to get some, get a showpiece, mm-hmm. I gotta go all the way. Oh, there's a yeah. ooh, a beach towel, and it's a big slam, and it's only these can range anywhere from four hundred to thirteen hundred dollars. If I were you at this point, I I would insure it for uh, uh, thirty about cents, <laughs> and then ching, the little treasure chest comes in, and you're all disappointed because it's not the big dollars. What about that beach towel? That's 140 bucks, but that is, that's like a hang on your wall tapestry. That is a <laughs> <laughs> tapestry. <laughs> well, no, it's, if you do put, you got to put it on your floor like a throw rug, but it's got to be I like a locker room. You're not oh, allowed you, to walk on it. Oh, you step on it, you have to yeah. pay a fine. And then I can take that fine money and buy the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, and what you got to do is if you buy the shirt, you got to get one of those busts from like uh, Kohl's or some shit and then put, <laughs> it, put it so the shirt is filled out and then you can uh, put it in a glass case there and people can walk around it and admire it. Like a, Listen. Like a really shitty. You're uh, joking, but there are things in glass cases in my office. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's probably the, the most complete. <sighs> 
one of the most complete Hasbro WWF figure collections. But this this filled one liter bottle from '95 is just in bad condition. I'm not going to buy. Let's move. What what song are we talking about? Uh, Achy breaky heart. (laughs) Did you say anything about it? Uh, that yeah that uh, yeah uh, it was the he spawned Miley. That's about it. Yeah, but no, it was the, the the embarrassing moms, aunts, grandmas. They're all getting in on it. They the, they're all line dancers for a moment in time. My mom was certainly a part of it. Oh, it was so so much fun. If there was a fad, God, she would love to jump in on it. That was like, oh, isn't this neat and fun? And I was the the consummate wallflower, just like what the f- no lame. Um, because you know I was so cool. Um. Yeah, this took America by storm. It brought in a whole uh, subculture of country music for a good week and a half, uh, or, or yeah, the summer. But uh, and if I had to choose, you know, it's like you have to listen to country music. I'm like, all right, fine, give me some uh, Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson. He's like, no, since you were born. And I honestly would rather listen to Achy Breaky Heart than any of the other shit that I. Ha- get paid to listen to uh, when I work because it's it's not a country song either it's a pop song then again most all country songs are anyway aren't they uh I what yeah they're all, if you listen to them they're all just like little like teeny bopper pop songs just sung by guys wearing white t-shirts with a Pack of cigarettes in their sleeve. Um, Uncle Bix? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, listen to the lyrics. It's all the same shit. Don't break my heart. Yeah. My goddamn fucking heart. <laughs> that he's uh, singing it to his cigarettes. <laughs> or his doctor telling him to quit smoking. Oh my god. Don't break mis- my heart. My smoky, smoky heart. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of asking how he was doing on my way in the building oh, this morning. I tried. I love him, minutes. but when I pulled in, I saw him up at the. I'm like, oh god, damn it! I'm gonna have to hear all. That's yeah, yeah. Procedures yesterday. Yeah, it was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes before I I was able to get in. Yep. They said I gotta quit yeah. smoking. They quit smoking. Yeah. Ah. They say for smoking for 50 years, your lungs don't. Your lungs look great. Like yes, for smoking for fifty years, your lungs look great. Right. <laughs> That's not great. That's really bad. Right. Even you're a hundred and five, and you've been smoking for seventy five years. <laughs> yeah. So you look good for fifty smoke. That's essentially <laughs> what they're saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this song uh, it, it peaked on the. Uh, I don't know. It only hit four on the Hot 100 uh, in the U.S., but uh, of course it was number one in country, number one in New Zealand. Of course, I knew to hate uh, it. Yeah, um, but uh, my babysitter, the same one who uh, son was got like, I watched wrestling with them and stuff, and they would get like the they would get Royal Rumble for his birthday this year. They were obsessed. They had like their infatuation with uh, meatloaf. They loved Meatloaf, and they loved Billy Ray Cyrus. It was their thing. Who loved Meatloaf and Billy Ray Cyrus? Uh, my babysitters. So that's why I always heard a lot of it. 
Delilah didn't play Achy Breaky Heart, so I didn't really have to hear no. it that much. Yeah. So we we would go there after after school, you know, for like until my mom it was like twenty minutes till my mom got home. Mm. But it was twenty minutes of Achy Breaky Heart. Well, all right. Let's pick my first show. Are we ready to move on? Oh yeah. Here is my first pick. I guess I should have cut these out there. So I saw this on a list and I know the song suddenly last summer by the motels and I was like, is this a good summer song or is it like a, a like a winter or a depression song? And then like when I read about it, I'm like, oh, it is a summer song. It's about uh, unrequited love and losing your virginity and you blink and it's it was suddenly last summer. You know what I mean? That all happened suddenly last summer. Oh, wow. This is fitting. And I, I thought when I originally heard the song that it was based on the Tennessee Williams play, but apparently the two have nothing to do with each other, even though it came out, they wrote it the year he died, Tennessee Williams, his 1957 one act play, uh, suddenly last summer has to do with aging, greed, hypocrisy, and sexual repression that, which is not, uh, related to, um, uh, this song in 1936 in the garden of a district of New Orleans, Miss Violet Vanderball, an elderly socialite widow from a prominent local family has invited a doctor to her home. She talks nostalgic about her son, Sebastian, a poet who died under mysterious circumstances in Spain the previous summer. During, reciting that verbatim <laughs> during the course of their conversation she offers to make a generous donation to support the doctor's psychiatric research if he will perform a lobotomy on Catherine, just like rose kennedy <laughs> all right rose stop masturbating at the dinner table <laughs> her niece who has been confined to saint mary's a private mental asylum at her expense since returning to america because, you know, they used to think women being women were hysterical and they had to commit them. Oh, yeah. Them they, lobotomies. They, had, they had hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Vannable is going to make her peaceful once and for all. And she continues to babble about Sebastian's violent death and smash her son's reputation by hinting at his homosexuality. <laughs> I'm reading <laughs> it this. It nothing to do that their lives were hell. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, this is on uh, Tennessee. I was just, I do like uh, Death of a Salesman. 
And you, what, you know what caused me to read Death of a Salesman? Uh, what's that? Seinfeld. Oh. Um, Jerry constantly calls George Biff, and I wanted to know why. And my aunt told me it was from Death of a Salesman, so I went to the library and got it and read it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is depressing. But it made sense <laughs> as to why he called George Biff. He was referring to Willie's brother, Biff. Told him not to whistle on the elevator. Biff. Um, it's a good song. I don't know how summery it is, but I remember hearing it back in the day in the summer. Um, I guess they would play it on playlists for summer songs, and you know, more of a. It seems more of a. I know. I think I'm not sure if Dino Drac and Jay. Put it on Halloween or summer songs. They definitely well, did this years it, ago. It's that droney new wave kind of uh, thing. It's new wave. But let's move on to your next song. Hmm. And uh, I will pot it up so everyone can hear it. Oh, mine's still playing. <laughs> That's a long song. <laughs> it was still going? Yeah. Oh, I know this one. Mary was in the sky When you lose small mind you free your life Life is a waterfall We drink from the river Then we turn around and put up our wall Great song. Ah, yes. Ariel's off of uh, System of Down's 2001 uh, Toxicity. Best, their best album. Oh, by far, yeah. I mean, and nothing against the System of Down, and, and still this album is they were, still good. They ma- This Toxicity is the first album was, they made fucking money off of. This album yeah, was this mainstream. Mainstream. It was loaded. And, and Ariel's is what really put it mainstream. Um... Yeah, toxicity is Ch- a little out there. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Chop Suey and Chop Suey. Um, Chop Suey was the first single, right? That was the yeah. Big one. Chop Suey came out the summer before, right? Like in August, uh, and then uh, Toxicity released uh, like uh, mi- like in the winter, and then they really spread it out. Well, that's and what they I remember. Used to this do was back this then. was my senior year, and this was like truly like. N- new metal squeezer at the like i'm peaking in my black t-shirts um so i was in all my glory oh i i would i would drive around with adrian our mutual friend Mm -hmm. and we listen to this album or the latest tool album with um but it and 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 it but it and 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 but it and 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 it but it and and it i know the schism yeah the pieces like we and and just just smoke tons of weed and, and get chicken tender sandwiches from Burger King. Nice. Um, but yeah, this was... Uh, Remember those? They're like 99 cents. 
And it was yeah. three, oh, ch- hell yeah. three chicken tenders on a bun with mayonnaise and lettuce. Mm-hmm. But it was 99 cents. So you get like five of them or six of them and you're stoned out of your mind and they're like gold. I, I wasn't, I didn't partake in the, uh, I, I had a girlfriend at the time and she didn't approve of sub, sub, such substances. That's why Adrian left you for me. uh but then it was great the day that she broke up with me i walk out in the driveway and my stepbrother's out there with his girl oh yeah your fucking family was some of the (laughs) biggest stoners i ever met in my life i'm like i go give me that he goes oh and he knew immediately what went down i'm like oh thank god (laughs) who's driving around the whole house (laughs) Adrian's Hyundai and just got fucking baked listening to this album and uh, Tool. Uh, Yeah, it was so good. Uh, But then, yeah, June of 2002. So now I had just graduated. I am now uh, an adult, if you will. Um, And uh, I was going to turn. I would have been. I was 18 at this point. Yeah. So I was an adult, technically. Sweet Um, adult boy. But yeah. All, all grown up. It's the last summer that you're gonna see all your friends. Suddenly, last friend. summer. Yeah, um, and 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 you forget all those friends' names year after, as the years go by. But uh, this was a lot of uh, yeah. This played a lot in the garages and basements um, while we were you know crushing the uh, rolling rock, mostly rolling rock. Rolling Rock and Goldschlager. That's what we could afford. Um, oh, man. We were lion's head. Well, I mean, we, we, we could have, you know, we, we splurged a little bit. Mm. Um, lion's head it was wasn't, 10 bucks a case in bottles, so it wasn't that bad, but oh. it wasn't great. <laughs> lion's head? Yeah. Oh, it gives me such headaches. And I little... dr- we drank the shit out of it in college. I think, I think the headaches were when you were at Tommy and I's house and the bottles were being thrown at your head. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> we had that little wow. stick where lion's head bottles were so cheap. If After you're done drinking, if you fill it halfway with water and like hold it by the neck and smack the top, the bottom would pop out. Remember that? Yeah. And then we'd yep. hit each other with the head with them. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, like, me, we were in, like, a Western. Yeah. So, Tommy and I, my roommate at the time, our basement was, like, the Wild Wild West. And we had a we had a glass wall where we'd whip the bottles at the wall. Yep. But if you... The rules were, between me and Tommy, if you knocked the bottom out, we could hit each other with the head with them. <laughs> and only Tommy really suffered. He got the big gash. But uh. I, I was hit over the head with quite the many... Uh, Empty lion's head bottles. It's a fun gimmick. It, and it scared the <laughs> shit out of people because Tommy would walk up and just smash a bottle over my head. And they didn't realize the bottom was missing. They'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you witnessed. I think you were one of those people. You were there the I, night you were stung the, the torch on the roof. Yeah, that was the best. Yeah, I threw the lit tiki torch up at the roof and it rolled back at him. Like, like, <laughs> and you, the, really the goal was to climb onto the roof before it rolled off. It was, yes. Throw the tiki torch up on the roof while it's lit. Climb up the it had like those uh, wrought iron uh, like designer like posts. Yeah, like yeah, like it was it was like a, a load bearing post. Yeah. So we jump off the trampoline onto that and then climb up that. So you th- yeah. you and throw then- from the trampoline onto the roof, and then you jump from the roof to the trampoline. Yes, 
And I think he was the only one that jumped from the roof to the trampoline, right? I did it too. Oh, you did too? Yeah, that was a game we played often. It was, uh, but you couldn't do it without the lit tiki torch. Yeah, you had to do it with a lit tiki torch in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very lucky to be alive. Yeah, no, we all are. We're all lucky to have you alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ariel's was, uh, it was, I would say, is their biggest hit off this album. Not my, and it was probably their most mainstream song, too. Because it was a Not little Chop Suey? more. Chop Suey was a little too heavy. Mm hmm. I guess. Yeah, Chop I guess Suey right. and Toxicity were very were very heavy, whereas this got a little more play because it slightly more mellow and it, it got that uh audience that was borderline like, oh, it's a little too much for me. But Ariel's cause they have that sweet little melody in there. Um still heavy as fuck, but um, I was actually, I just listened to this, it was probably like two or three weeks ago. I'm like, ah, you know what, I was driving, and it's one of those things, you're like, oh, fuck this. I, I just put the, I put the little system down on. Yeah, and then uh, it, right off the bat, Prison Song uh, comes on, and I'm just fucking angry. Just white knuckling, <laughs> flying down 22 in traffic at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, this was, uh, the, I remember this fondly. It was the last summer of, uh, yeah, my, my, my last summer of innocence. Um, the end of innocence. The end of innocence. And th- this is the soundtrack to it. Just Armenian guys yelling. <laughs> Beautifully, mind you. It's, Beautifully. Uh, yeah. It's well, not yelling. It's... here is my next song. What the hell? California. Oh, that's the wrong one too. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We doing this? You gonna rabbit? it? Out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. From Sacktown, the Bay Area, and back down. Let me welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. Let me welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. A state that's untouchable, like Elliot Nash. I love that line. Like a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. Yep, I love it. That's a great line. I love how some of these I didn't understand as a kid. What's that? Uh, Like uh, lean, mean, money making machines serving fiends. I know. I love that it comes out with Dre, and like it's it's his comeback, and it's fucking Tupac's comeback out of prison. And this video, the Mad Max video, and this song was so fucking big in 1995, was it not? Awesome. Oh, it was huge. I loved it. Oh, me too. But it wasn't like you like. There's nowhere I could get it, but MTV like. 
yeah. you know what I mean? That's true. Because I didn't get, I didn't have this album. No. Man, this whole fucking Tupac comeback on Death Row was fucking incredible, and then unfortunately led to his death. So here's what I learned. There are multiple versions. Dr. Dre produ produced two songs for Shakur's All Eyes on Me LP. One is California Love and the other is Can't See Me. Here's, here's Tupac. so good so when Shakur heard the original California love song during a session at Dre's house studio he asked the producer to put him on the song but there are reportedly several versions of California love the first includes three verses featuring Dr. Dre allegedly only copy of, oh, the only copy of the song is in possession of DJ Jam who is Snoop Dogg's personal concert DJ which isn't true because when I soundchecked Snoop Dogg like six years ago it was Warren G <laughs> Who is his DJ? Huh. There's also an additional remix produced by Laylaw, who wrong, often wrongly credited to Dre. It's also suggested that the alternate version is one of the reasons a wedge formed between Shakur and Dre months after the collaboration. The original version was meant for Dre's The Chronic 2. The remix was included on Shakur's All Eyes on Me. Shakur's lyrics on the song were reportedly written in 15 minutes after he heard the first verses song at Dre's home. The weekend the song came out, the video was shot and soon after released. Wow. The original song included a sample of Joe Cocker's 1972 song, Women to Women. The Women to Women! Yeah. Uh, and the remix version includes a sample of Clear's 1984 track, Intimate Connection. The chorus of the song California Knows How to Party was sung by Troutman via his talk box and sampled from the 1982 song West Coast Pop Lock by Ronnie Hudson and Street People. The music video. Famously, the video for the song is a play on the 1985 movie Mad Mox Beyond the Thunderdome. Oh, I just made a random guess because it doesn't at all look like that. Uh, the idea for the shoot came from Jada Pinkett Smith, an old friend. I did not know any of this. An old friend of Shakur's. She was, in fact, set to direct the movie, but later bowed out. What? Jada Pinkett Smith was going to direct Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome? I did not know that. I think maybe the vi they're talking about the music video. Hype Williams took over the film. It was Yeah, they're talking about the music video. It, it was filmed in El Mirage, California from November... Um, 10th through the 13th in 1995 but takes place in 2095 Squeezer and has since become one of the most recognizable rap music videos there's a second video based on the remix version 2 it's a continuation of the first story the promise of the second video is that the first was a nightmare Shakur was having but now when he wakes up he finds himself in bed beside a young woman he calls Dre who tells him to come over because he's throwing a party the rest of the video is a home movie of a party which welcomes Shakur to Death Row Records. Hmm. And that's uh, California Love. Hmm. 
Uh, all right. Uh, might as well try. <laughs> Here's a remix. <laughs> all right. Oh, is it, what, what version was that? That was the remix that was on Eyes on Me. Oh. Here's Squeezer's third pick, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Before you hate on me, bear with me. When this song came out, uh-huh. it was uh, summer of '97, right? I hated it. I hated it. Um, and and I was at you know I was miserable, like at, you know, well-to-do upper lower middle class suburban kid with you know. We're gonna get no kicked off all platforms for this show too. But I mean, any song, sh- any music song show we do, we get kicked off all platforms. I'm this sorry. That one. being said, um, yeah, I was a miserable fuck, and <clears throat> it was easy to hate. It was an easy target, you know. Of course, and make fun of Hanson and Mbop. As an old man with a little bit of nostalgia in there, I'm like, I'm just. Glad that it's a happy song that exists. <laughs> you know, I'm like it, it, everything. It always comes back to we just need more of this. Maybe, maybe I need a little more less uh, uh, angry new metal about you know having sex with corpses or something. You know, it's uh, maybe Mbop is the way to go. Um, <laughs> Maybe that would make the world a better place. Isn't Umbop about having sex with corpses? It's not? Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they and they had their moment in the sun. And you, you know what? It was easy to shit on these kids, but they wrote their own songs. They produced They wrote their, their own, own song. <laughs> song. Stop. Stop it, song. Do they have any other hits? Uh, I forget. No. I mean, I I think they had like one follow up, if I'm right. Um, but no, it didn't. It didn't really work because then like their voices cracked, and sorry. Uh, yeah, they came started to come of age, um, and then yeah, you know, then the the uh, labels just you know drop them like a. Yeah, no, it sucks. They're talented musicians, and yeah, and yeah. So I'll give them that. They did something I can't do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now they're still out there performing. They tore it. Fuck yeah, man! Drain every last fucking drop of juice out of that apple. Do it, and they have. And I love the fact that they have no shame in knowing that this was their big hit twenty five years ago, and they still go out there and nail it. And I was watching live. <clears throat> live shows, uh, not live shows, but you know, YouTube videos of concerts from like last week. Like they they played, you know, a festival like last week, and I'm watching it, and the crowd of middle aged women 
losing their minds, singing along to it, is awesome. Like, good for them. They're enjoying it. And I get why they're on the road. Between the three of them, they're all married, they all have kids. Between the three of them, they have 15 kids. I'd be touring, too. <laughs> I just burped and laughed at the same time. <laughs> That's the beer, kids. Um, well, you don't want to take the squeezettes, on, squeezer and the squeezettes on tour on the road. I mean, what? Is, Rob Zombie did it, right? He said, like, he had his wife with him, Sherry Moon. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. I love him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a shame I I couldn't have appreciated it for what it and you know what yeah it was poppy uh, that I I think what didn't do him justice either was it they were almost nailed with that seventies uh, like family band vibe right from the start like even the video they gave it like that nostalgic look uh, nostalgic look from like tw- at this point twenty years earlier. It's like they almost like, hey, let's market these guys as like the new Partridge family or some shit, you know. And I don't, I mean, it didn't hurt them. They made a small fortune off of this one song. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah. But yeah, it was. I mean, it was a monster hit. My sister was obsessed with it. It was everywhere. Yeah, I think my it sister like our sisters are the same age, right? Yeah. Yeah. We real we came, and they they became friends without us ever knowing. Isn't that so weird? I know, right? They were they were friends with each other without ever knowing we knew each other. Yeah. And then, our we went to the same gas station, and your childhood friend Adrian became my. Uh, teenage <laughs> teenage, years. teenage years friend. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, very. Uh, very uh secret origin yeah one day we're gonna find out we're actually the same person yeah you're you're my tyler durden i would be your tyler durden because <laughs> you can picture me beating the shit out of myself in the parking lot <laughs> well i encourage you to do so <laughs> all right i'll be right back Ah, uh, all right. Are we talking my next song now? Uh, yeah. All right, we gotta pull it up here because um, I didn't just pull it up. Here we go. So, um, one summer, Lionel Kitty City was liquidating Fisher Price Pocket Rocker Squeezer. I talked about that on the show. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and uh, one of the tapes, there were like little eight tracks, and each little tiny tape had two songs on it, a front and a back song. One of them had this song, Wipeout, featuring uh, the Fat Boys, featuring the Beach Boys. And I fucking rock that song all goddamn summer. That was my joint screen. This song is this song was my joint. It had like a it had a, a mono bud, you know, it wasn't even a full set of earbuds. It was like one like you know, one earbud and one up to ear. But there's also a speaker on the box itself that also sucked. So you could either like listen to it shittily off of that or um you know, on on the mono bud. And I uh I, I wondered when I was like picking this song, I was like, how did the fucking Beach Boys collaborate with the Fat Boys? <laughs> so I looked, I found this article from Simply 80s. And they say, it's not often the 60s band meets an 80s rap hip hop group. It was like a kind of a, like a, a gimmick with the Fat Boys. Wipeout peaked at number two in the UK, being held off the top spot by Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. The single entered the UK single charts at number 41 on August of 87. And by 6th of September, it climbed to number two, Squeezer. So it owned the summer of 87. And featured the group's fourth and best-selling studio album, Crushing, which reached number eight in the boys' home country in uh, USA here and the Beach Boys provided the backing vocals and also featured in the video the track was a cover of the Safaris instrumental hit single from the 1963 and featured on the group's fourth and best selling studio album Crushing Fat Boy started out as Disco 3 for a very brief period of time and were a hip hop trio from Brooklyn New York Squeezer and I was a big fan of the Fat Boys because I had their pocket rocker clips. Do you think it might have had something to do with Run DMC and Aerosmith the year prior? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, let's team up with Brian these. Brian Wilson saw dollar signs. And... Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, whatever happened to the Fat Boy squeezer? Buff Love died from a heart attack at his home. It's. 28 Jesus after, yeah in 1995 he was described as being <laughs> morbidly obese why are you laughing it's terrible <laughs> Prince Marky D you're an <laughs> asshole I'm not, I'm not laughing at that I'm laughing <laughs> you are evil Listen like, to this. he was being described as morbidly obese yes, <laughs> he's a fat boy Duh. Oh, okay. Prince okay, Mark. They, they lived the gimmick, I guess. Yeah, they lived the gimmick. They worked themselves into a shoot. Went on to have a pretty decent solo rap career, and the single Typical Reason Swing My Way topped rap charts in 1992. Between 2008 and 2010, he was a radio host on the beat WMIB in Miami, and since then, is a weekend radio host for WEDR 99 Jams, also based in Miami. Cool Rock Ski is not such a fat boy now after losing a lot of weight. He rapped on a track entitled Diplomat on a, nub, a new double album for Electric Avenue Records released in February 2015. He's also a radio host and planning a new solo album. 
Um, the latter two members reformed the Fat Boys and in the spring of 2015 relaunched their clothing line, FatBoys95.com. Following their uh, success of the collaboration with Beast Bo- Beach Boys, Fat Boys teamed up with uh, 60s singer-songwriter Trebby Checker for the 1980 cover of the chart-topping chart topping hit The Twist. It's probably the first time I heard it. Heart failure. Womanly obese. Jeez. I mean, we could all stand to lose weight. Oh yeah, yeah we. Could. Not just not just me or not just you. We all no, can. No. So, yeah. Well, I mean, in in a healthful, you know, for for your health. Maybe not everyone has to. Oh man. Prince Marky D also died in 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just of you know, congestive heart failure. Yeah. Two of the three fat boys are. <laughs> yeah, makes me. The two fattest ones. Uh, I'm gonna, if we got time tonight, might get on the bike for a half hour. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're on your fourth pick. This is going to be a long show. We're at an hour 40 already. Here's your fourth pick. I like when you sing to me. I like when Jennifer Page sings to me. Who is this? Uh, Jennifer Page. Who's that? Yeah. I know the song, Jennifer but I, pa- I don't. What's that? I know the song, but I don't know who Jennifer yeah. Page is. Well, that's because um, the you know record labels do what they do. They 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 got a song out of her and then kicked her to the curb, and that was that. So this was June of 98, and uh, unfortunately for her, this came out at the time, you know, when all the others were, you know, Britney, Christina, and all the, you know, all the others are doing their uh, their thing, and they're pushing the, the, the sex and the sluttiness and all that, and this album, this, this song, the video, if you want to say, it was very, like, down to earth, like, very, like, she, she seemed almost natural, and that just... It didn't fly. They got one song, and um, that was that. Um, I also think what hurt it was, whereas in all the other videos, guys see like Britney as potential. Oh, I I could get to that because she's always like pushing guys away. But, like I could be the one. In the the crush video, uh, Jennifer Page is just surrounded by and being humped on by the most gorgeous male models on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she's taken four. Uh, but yeah, I had a bit of a little crush. And I absolutely... Now, remember what I said. 97, 98, I'm peaked. By 2002, I had peaked at, you know, angry, uh, new metal, black t-shirt squeezer. Mm, my favorite I squeezer. I fucking loved this song. And I still do. 
It's very much in my wheelhouse, my jam, my my groovy squeezer mellowness that has always been there. Um, it's just got every little like the catchy thing to it. And her voice is fucking great. Yeah. Um, it's very effortless, and it, it was different for the time. It was this weird transition. It wasn't like the uh, the true like super pop that was to be, and it was, it was somewhere in between like the uh, like the singer songwriter uh, ladies of a year or two earlier, you know, in the in the mid nineties. Um, yeah, it just it it felt like it didn't have a, a place for it. Um, it felt like it belonged on a Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Okay. If you will, which is no, that soundtrack's awesome, perfect. You do not it is, spoil it. it with I'm this not song. saying that, but I'm saying it. It, it is perfect. It's fucking amazing. But yeah, uh, this was. It's the one time when soundtracks. Well, not one time. It happened often, but that was a time when the soundtrack was better than the movie. God, yeah, everything about like, that movie. Rocco made a. Uh, I, I I bite my thumb at you, and who did not get it? And he was very impressed that I got it. He told me to bite my thumb, bite my thumb at the fire inspector. <laughs> I like that, as you should. Yeah, because uh, the fire marshal, because he wasn't on the second floor, and someone was like, "Who was in there?" And they're like, "What are you talking about? Bite the thumb? Who says that?" And he goes, "I don't know. Maybe our kid gets it." And I go, "I do not bite the thumb at thee." <laughs> And he just started laughing. He's like, there you go. You get so. <laughs> He's well read, that man. Oh, yeah. Too well read. Uh, too, too well read. Yeah. <laughs> Read more Shakespeare, Rocco, please, mm. for all of us. Um, I do love that movie. And that soundtrack is fucking banging. It's a wonderful soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I talk show host on mute. Great Radiohead song. Uh, but yes, uh, Jennifer Page, she, uh, tried, she was doing her own thing and then tried to produce her own stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, like I said, the label pretty much like just dropped her like a, and just stop promoting her like an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. They they saw where the money was at. We all did. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Should we move Crush on? Crush Jennifer Page. Crush Jennifer Page. Oh, God, I remember this summer. Remember Bullworth, the movie? Uh, yeah. 
And this no, song. No, I, I, I saw, even though I didn't pick this, when I went through your list, I ended up just listening to this last night. Just because. I was obsessed with this song and this movie. So it came out in May of 98. And we all went to see it. We were in, in high school. We all went to see it together. It's a really fucking good movie. Like, smart movie. Warren Beatty directed yeah. it. Uh, he plays a Democratic center who's leaning a little too conservative. Um, but the, you know, they're shitbags behind the facade. And um, he's tired of politics in his life. And he plans to kill himself. Uh, I, I don't know. It's watched Bullworth. Uh, but this fucking uh, song was great. And Praz is probably going to jail with his little Nigerian scam that fucking, um, uh, what's his name, testified. Uh, was that Praz? Oh, let me look. Legal problems. Yes. The United States Justice Department indicted Praz on May 19, 2019 for a criminal conspiracy with Malaysian financier uh, Jaho Lo. Uh, I think um, Leo DiCaprio testified against him. It was like, a, uh, uh, like one of those African scam things. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, allegedly. Um, but this song was sick. I mean, you're looking at the Dick Tracy himself, directed by Dick Tracy. And this was his like biggest movie after Dick Tracy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't know if did he. He did Dick Tracy. He did Bugsy, um, which was good. But like, Love Affair was nothing. No one saw that. But this was his big comeback. It was eight years later, and it was Bullworth. And he didn't really do anything after that. He did Town and Country and he did Rules Do Not Apply. But Bullworth was his comeback and it was like his last big movie. And fuck, man, I loved it. It was really good. And if, don't sleep on Bullworth. It's a good movie. And the album's really good. And I fucking love this song. And I, I'm, I'm added, I added it to my everyday playlist. I'm like, why don't I have this on my everyday playlist? Yeah. ODB's on it. It should be on my everyday playlist. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Um, moving on. Squeezer, your last pick. That's funny. I think of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire when I hear this song. Ah, uh, I just, 
that, that this is a song. This is what they call a banger. And it, it served. This song is so useful. There is no situation where you can't play this and make it work. Whether it's like a fun, like just bounce around, good time, jump around at a wedding, or if a fight were to break out at a bar and this came on, it's the perfect soundtrack <laughs> to getting your ass kicked. <laughs> Again, I always think of Mrs. Doubtfire when I hear this. Why is it Mrs. Doubtfire? When he's throwing the party in the house. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forget about that. I was thinking... Uh, this is my first introduction into it. Um, Bunch of Irish, and I say Irish with air quotes, American kids, white kids from Boston, pre-Marky Mark, or as a post-Marky Mark, rapping. Uh, it was the same time. It was 92. Well, okay. What? What else you got? Oh, no. Uh, it was, I, I think of, uh, Happy Gilmore. And you get your, uh, your golfing sequence in there. Oh, yes, yes. The golfing sequence was yeah. but Happy Gilmore. No, it, it's used throughout. Uh, for everything. But it's just the the ultimate, like, and, and even to this day, it holds up. If you, everyone's like, look, this song is just good. It's catchy. It's fun. It fits all, all the criteria for like that that crossover. Like when they thought, oh, rap rock is going to be a thing, and it's not just gonna like fizzle out into um, uh, mediocrity. <laughs> Well, uh, they were kind of wrong. Then, no, right. they were wrong. This is they. they it was they basically invented and peaked it at this moment. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely adore this song. It makes me happy. Uh, every time I hear it on, it makes me. Yeah, I I I I you, jump. You up, make me jump. happy every time I hear I you make on. You happy. Uh, jump up, jump up, and get Come down. on I, and get I, happy. Yeah, that's me. Um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, I like Just, my House of Pain. Well, I'm also, I'm a big, you know, I like Cypress Hill. I like House of Pain. I'm big Everlast. I like Everlast. Um, so, yeah, it's my, I, I would put it in my list of jams. You don't have a lot to say about this, right? I don't. That's why I put it like... No, it's just I absolutely... I don't have a lot to say about this. I'm going to just read off Wikipedia for my next song, so you're all right. Uh, I, I just... is Top five just, you know... Top five party songs of all time. All right. My next song is not a party song. Taken years ago, turned around. 
on back so the windshield shows every street light reveals a picture in reverse still it's so much clearer this might be my favorite rem song ever and i don't like many rem songs but i love this song and it was released 30 years ago to the day squeezer we're recording this show no shit july 12 1993 that's why i had to pick it because i remember seeing this video and just thinking like like i don't know something about the song hit with me and i never liked rem and i never knew of rem but i heard this song and i saw this video and i was like i didn't know why but it connected with me and um so Wikipedia's bassist Mike Mills recalled he was playing a piano riff at John Keane's studio in the band's hometown of Athens, Georgia. While Mills almost decarded the melody, it attracted the interest of singer Michael Stipe. Mills said, I never thought it would amount to much because it was a circular thing that kept going round and round and round, but it inspired Michael. While the song is not included in Out of Time, the demo recorded... During those sessions, was used for Automatic the People with a string arrangement John Paul Jones added wow. to the track. Mills has also claimed he recorded the piano part as a Criteria Studios in Miami and the same piano used by Derek and the Dominoes on the recording of Layla. It was like your legacy song, Squeezer. Holy shit, yeah. Michael lists Michael Stipe. Pronouns, pal. Listen once. Nodded his head to hear it again, and on the second pass, he sang the lyrics. It was night swimming, exactly like the record we would record a year later. Jesus Christ. I was standing in the corner, dumbfounded. So we heard the... Michael Stipe heard this and started just sang the lyrics to Night Swimming. And the B, the B side of this, Squeezer? Losing My Religion. My second favorite <laughs> fucking R.E.M. song. Probably my only two R.E.M. songs I like. Isn't that incredible? That's awesome. I can't... I know it's awesome, like, hearing it. And now that you said... Like, I'm like, now it's easy to say, oh, well, now I hear it, though. But, like, that piano, there's something special about that piano. Oh, my God, yeah. This, this, the, when I heard the song, I knew there was something... And I didn't know why, but that's the beauty of music. You never know why it's special. When you hear it, you know it. It's like, you can't tell why it hits a hit it's just a hit right yeah <sighs> god and it's not about the lyrics at all it's the piano rift mm -hmm. the lyrics fucking mean nothing it's just night swimming deserves a quiet night and the string arrangement by John Paul motherfucking Jones <laughs> I don't know if you don't know, he is the bass player for Led Zeppelin and um, a little band with, uh, I'm sorry, um, Dave Grohl called Them Crooked Vultures. Still waiting for a second Them Crooked Vultures. Follow up. Fuck, I love that album. I so did I. I love that. That was 2009. Was it really? Mm hmm. I feel so old. That's it, Squeezer. That's our show. We got way to go. Um, what are we doing next week?
Oh, well, next week we are doing a show all about... Oh, my mic is blocking my face. Oh, you don't have it open. Next weekend is... Birthday memories. Birthday memories. So I was going through the list, Squeezer. Um, we never did the ice cream show, too, did we? Uh, no. What happened there? Did we just... Uh... I think we just missed it. Did we forget? I don't know what happened, but we missed it. I don't know what we did on 517. It was, it was, it was May. It was, we were busy. <laughs> we are busy. Anyway, we'll figure out what we're doing after birthday memories, but then we each have a Maxim magazine from the early 2000s. We're going to break down our five favorite things from it. Um, yeah. during, during eight, nine, there will be no show during music fest. And then we'll be back for more show, back. more rad years podcast. But I think that is one of our better shows we've done in a long time. Squeezer. Yeah. Yeah. Way to, way to not, I'm not saying we ever phone in, but way to, uh, way to not suck, buddy. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I had I had a lot of fun on that one. Is what I'm saying. I don't yeah, know if you I did too. Do. Like there there was content. Yeah, and, and and I learned while doing. I'm like, oh my god, I did not know that was a thing. I pulled it up because I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this. I better pull this up because why did the song? I don't know. I, you don't know why songs sit with you. So I pulled it up and I'm like, I'll read it live on the show. And then I'm reading. It, I'm like, John Paul Jones did that straight range. <laughs> like I learned it as you all learned it on the show. That's that's what I like. That's what I like. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. We're doing some birthday memories. That ought to be fun. But until then, I'm RK. Oh, and I'm Squeezer. See you, everybody. Yeah.